0: every team every topic everywhere this is believe
1: the start of four running back Props shows here on the Prospects and Props podcast. Chris Schubert, Jamie Eisner here with you once again on the show. We've done quarterbacks. We've got three shows that you can go back and listen to in that regard. We now start on a journey to go through uh, running backs here over the next couple of episodes of the podcast. We'll sneak in a takes on takes in there the, as well. Uh, but Four groups of running backs for us to discuss here over the next couple of days worth of shows. That's a quick one guy that, that that was that was the angry uh, basketball coach. My team's given up a 8 0 run and yeah. I'm going to call a quick one to get everything sorted out very quickly. Timeout. Yeah, yeah, Yeah.
0: Chris, do you ever think about the the irony of the inverse level of value between running backs in fantasy football and running backs in real football? Do you ever ever sit up at night and ponder the fact that running backs are, even to this day where wide receivers are so prevalent in fantasy scoring and PPR is is in vogue, uh, but the running backs are still like what makes the fantasy world turn versus on the other side in real life football, like all these good running backs are like, yeah, we ain't ain't paying you. Well, and I also think that, and you can attest to this maybe more so than I can, but I always feel
1: like when I go and I do my weekly research for player props, that running backs are always just incorrectly priced that like there's always value to be had on a regular basis because yeah. it feels like the the sports betting market hasn't really kind of caught up to where uh, the, how these running backs are used and maybe how their statistics are kind of uh, altered. So I, th- there, there's value, I think, in the non-actual football space. I think there's value in the gambling yeah. space and there's, and there's value in the fantasy space. And we're going to discuss the gambling side of things here today on the show. We've got uh, eight running backs to discuss here. Just like we did with the quarterbacks, we have their rushing yard numbers and their touchdowns. So like with quarterbacks, we did passing yards and passing touchdowns with running backs. We have rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. And how are you going to do a running back prop show and not start with the guy who has probably been the best running back in the national football league over the last couple of seasons, that being Derek Henry of the Tennessee Titans, his numbers, 1150 and a half on the rushing yards, nine and a half on the touchdowns. And Jamie, the historical Explain context this to here tells Explain me, this to me Chris. that I should take Explain the over on
0: both of these. Explain this to me. So, in, in,
1: is is this a feeling he's going to get hurt? I don't know why you would think that way. Because let me let me allow let me add to you like, the historical context. The guy played in 16 games last year, had 1538 yards and 13 touchdowns. The year before that is the only uh, season in which he did not play double-digit games. Jamie, he played in eight games in 2021. He had 937 yards and 10 touchdowns. He would have hit the over 9.5 in a year in which he only played eight (laughs) games. The the years before that, 16-15, 16-16, 15 in games played touchdowns in those years 17 16 12 5 5 so he's on a stretch of the last five seasons with double digit touchdowns uh 2018 1052 yards so it was right there 15 40 in 2019 2,027 in 2020 in the yardage department. Jamie, I don't know how you can't feel like this is going to go over. The guy's going to hit the touchdown number even if he only plays half a season because he did that two years ago. This offense stinks out loud. Going to be one of the worst offenses in all of football. They're going to run the football. That has not stopped them in the past from having success, despite everybody knowing that they can't throw the football the way other teams do in the league. It has not stopped them whatsoever. I don't know how you don't run to the bet window for both of these overs.
0: Yeah, I, I don't get this uh, unless they're feeling like this is the year where he just falls off a cliff. And uh, look, the offense of Tennessee was terrible last year, too. Like, let's not pretend like this is going to be some new phenomenon. Uh, I haven't projected at uh, 1,544 yards and 13.2 touchdowns. Well, well, well. Just literally, uh, what, he literally yeah, what he did last well, year. Literally what he did last year. Well, well above this. I, 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 don't, I don't get this. So unless you feel like he's going to miss six, seven, eight games, uh, I don't think the the Titans offense is going to be bad, but they're still going to use Derrick Henry. He's still not coming off the field on early downs. He's no. still going to get every goal line opportunity that they have. Like, I I don't get this. In fact, like, I don't under, understand why this is so low. They are going to need him to be as
1: successful as he's probably been ever in his career so that defenses have to respect the run enough to where it could potentially open things up for whoever's going to be under center for the Tennessee Titans throughout the course of the season. Right, Jamie? I mean, because if if Derrick Henry falls off a cliff and doesn't play well, if you're a defense, you just sit back and say, okay, Ryan Tannehill, okay, Will Levis, okay, Malik Willis, one of you is going to have to beat us. And so they're going to need him. If they're going to find any level of success... They're going to need him to yeah. force some respect from opposing defenses where they've got to put extra guys in the box to be able to stop him. And then that can kind of open things up in the play action game. Cause we know that that's their, that's their MO. That's how they want to run their offense. They're going to run the ball. They're going to play play action off of the run. It's going to open yep. things up for their quarterbacks. And so they're going to need him uh, to be incredibly successful. You needed help um, with Derrick Henry. I need help figuring out what to do with this next player that we're going to discuss here on the show. And that being uh, one, Josh Jacobs of the Las Vegas mm. Raiders one, don't know when Maybe. he's gonna. Don't know when he's gonna be there. Don't know when he's gonna show Not up. Under
0: contract with the Las Vegas Raiders. At the, uh, moment.
1: the numbers for Josh Jacobs: eleven hundred and a half on the yardage, and nine and a half on the touchdowns. And Jamie, this is tough because I think Josh Jacobs is probably the one of the weirder running backs to look at in this league. Because I think if you asked somebody about jo- Josh Jacobs, they wouldn't be able to tell you that three of the four years he's been in the league, he's been a thousand yard rusher. I don't know if they'd be able to tell you that because it feels like he's so like, uh, you know viewed as a not good running back based on those first couple years, but three of the four years, over a thousand passing yards, 1,653 yards a year ago. uh, He got to 1,100 back in his rookie season in 2019. And for the touchdowns, 12 touchdowns last year, nine in 2021, 12 in 2020, and seven in 2019. So guy's been close. Two years he's gone over. One, he's been right there in the margin of error. Do I think he's going to have the year he had last year? No, No. I don't think he's going to have a 1,600-yard season. But I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for hit to hit both of these overs.
0: Yeah, I mean, I have him at fourteen hundred and eleven point seven on my two. I, I think the the level of concern here that's worth discussing is a when does he get into camp? When does he get on the team again? Does he sign his tender? Does he hold out? Does he miss any any sort of games? That's a factor that we have to discuss here. And while normally,
1: sorry, I don't mean to cut you off. While normally I would kind of cast this aside as he's going to show up. It's not going to be a big deal. This is how this is what everybody does when it comes to the franchise tag. Don't things feel a little different when you have the Raiders in the mix? Like there's just this little extra sauce that because it's the Las Vegas Raiders, I get a little concerned that they might actually be
0: pushing Josh
1: Jacobs to the point where he
0: wants to sit out. I think it's a little bit because of the Raiders. I think it's a little bit because of the state of the team in general. Of uh, This is not like it's a Super Bowl contender that somebody is like, I got to get into camp because I could win a ring. I think it's also a fact of if there's one position that will miss games or that has the best chance of missing games on the tag, it's the running back. Well, we've position. seen it. Le'Veon we've Bell. seen it before. And I don't think we're going to get a Le'Veon Bell situation again because, quite frankly, it didn't work, and I don't think it would work again. Um, and I guess we're, we're we're watching two of these happen simultaneously right now with Josh I was, Jacobs and, and Saquon Barkley. I
1: was going to bring up I was going to bring up Saquon Barkley because I think the two situations are totally different. Like I think the Raiders the Raiders view Josh I, I don't think the Raiders view Josh Jacobs as integral to what they are trying to do offensively as the Giants do Saquon Barkley.
0: I think it, yes and no. I agree with your sentiment. I think it's more of a long term. I think the Giants, like, I think your point is correct when we're looking at beyond this season, because I do think they think Jacobs is integral to this season, but I don't think they, they looked at him. I don't, I think they used the tag on Josh Jacobs. So they didn't have to pay him long-term. I think the Giants used the tag on Saquon Barkley to give because themselves, they time. ran out of time. Yeah. Because they had to also get Daniel Jones done and, and they knew, knew
1: they were going to tag one but, and sign the other and then work on the other guy's extension down the road. That was always the about
0: money. Like yeah. that's, that's the thing. It's like, I don't think that like with Josh Jacobs, I think, I mean, obviously they're haggling about money, but I don't get the sense the Raiders. Like this is the guy we want to sure. be the face of our offense where the Giants are like, we still want that, but we want that at a reasonable price.
1: But here, here, here's, here's what I'm saying in 2024, if Josh Jacobs is on the Las Vegas Raiders, it doesn't change my outlook on the team. If Saquon Barkley is not on the 2024 giants it completely changes how I feel about the team. That's fair. That's completely fair. And so that's why I think they are different situations because I have zero, I have zero concern internally that the Giants aren't going to come to a long-term deal with Saquon Barkley because he's too integral to what they do. I could see the Raiders dragging this out and not wanting to give a long-term deal to Josh Jacobs, and they are going to play the high-stakes game of chicken.
0: I would agree. I think if there's one, one back that's more likely, even though Saquon Barkley has a better argument, I think it's more likely that the team make forces Josh Jacobs' hand here uh, versus the other way around, where I exactly. think got a little bit more leverage than Jacobs does. Exactly. Uh, let's move on to another but meanwhile... I'm going to stay away from this until he signs his tag. Because well, you but just don't I, know. Yeah. Uh, and, I, and I don't want to risk him even missing a handful of games. I don't think he's missing the season. But this is a case where if you miss three games, you miss September. Changed everything. Or show up late to camp and get off to a slow start. I mean, so it's close enough there. But I'm going to wait on this. But my thought is if these numbers don't change significantly when he does sign his tag, if, if and when he signs his tag, then I, I do like the overs here.
1: I'm looking at the list of names that we're going to discuss here on the show, and the next name up is Najee Harris. But I don't think there is a more um, interesting group of running backs for us to discuss here on the show that you and I have had like longstanding debates on than yeah. Najee Harris. And we're going to get to DeAndre Swift a little bit later on in the show. Like it, this is that group where we've got some debates that go back a long time between the two of us, and so it'll yes. be a, it'll be fun to see how we we feel about this. So I mentioned Najee Harris entering his third season. The numbers for him, 975.5 on the rushing yards, 7.5 on the touchdowns. I'll give you the historical context. He's been a 1,000-yard rusher each year of his career, uh, 1,034 last year, 1,200 in his rookie season. And he had seven touchdowns in 2022, and he had seven touchdowns in 2021. Jamie, he's been basically the same player both years, albeit on about 30 or so less carries in 2022 than last year, and he had about 160-something yards uh, difference. But he's
0: basically been the same player. Don't care. I'm taking the under on both. Um, here, Here's the difference of what – here's what's changed with Najee Harris. One, what changed from year two to year one was workload, and I think what's going to change from year three to year two is workload as well. Uh, I, I think Jalen – by all indications, based on the eye test, based on what coaches have been saying on in Pittsburgh, we're going to see a little bit more of Jalen Warren this year. Najee Harris has not been a good NFL running back. And I know if you look at the raw numbers – Oh, my goodness. How you, dare you? If you look at the raw numbers, you'd be like, oh wow, he's a thousand how can you say a thousand yard rusher isn't hasn't been a good running back? He has gotten the volume to make those numbers look palatable, but he has been a below average runner since the second he stepped into the NFL. Three point eight and yards I didn't anticipate that, by the way.
1: Three point eight yards per attempt in twenty twenty two and three point nine yards per attempt in twenty twenty one. And we have talked yeah, that's about not cut it. we've talked about four being that magic number in today's NFL. If you
0: are below four, you're I d- think four I'll be honest, with you, Chris. I've done a lot of these. Four is the magic number. Four is like the Mendoza line.
1: No, that's what I'm saying. Like if you're below four, like, like you're yeah, in a tier like, of running
0: back that you don't want to be in. Correct. Like I, I mean, and, and I understand some of its volume and, and heavy volume runners might not necessarily run for the same you know high four range as others because volume does you know attrition on your body and whatnot, and, and volume is going to keep that down. But he has not been a very efficient runner. Um, he has not been, has not translated the NFL. Like I thought he would coming out of college as first round running back. But I think my biggest issue here, and the reason why, like, I mean, they're putting these numbers, these lines here right around his averages is I do think we're going to see more of Jalen Warren. I I think we're going to see a little bit more of a mix. And my concern is going to be is at his inefficient rushing per (laughs) attempt rates. If he doesn't get the volume, he doesn't have a shot at this. And that's my problem. Like he's a thousand yard rusher because of the amount of workload he's getting. He's not a thousand yard rusher because he has the prototypical thousand plus yard rusher skill set. So uh, that is my concern here. Let me read you some of the
1: names that were around his mark last year. So he had a 3.8 last year. Here are some of the names of guys that were directly in front of him. Uh, and again, it's different because some players have different snap counts. I'm just giving you names Brandon yep. Bolden, Travis Homer, James Robinson, Brian Robinson Jr., Joe Mixon were all at 3.9 just in front of him. Below him on this list, Ezekiel Elliott at 3.8, Kareem Hunt at 3.8, Alexander Madison at 3.8, Mark Ingram at 3.8, Antonio Gibson at 3.7. Like, these are guys, when we've brought them up and discussing them on the shows, we have made mention of they're not decent runners because their yards per attempt are low, and it is a concern. It is something that we have we have worry about.
0: Yes, and and by the way, and a couple points on that, Mike, uh, hello, Alexander Madison, which I think everybody's going to have a very rude awakening hel- to him. Hel- hello, Ezekiel Elliott. That's um, why Dallas we'll moved we'll- on from him. We're divided, move off from, or they have somebody else that has multiple skill sets. Antonio Gibson is going to catch a lot of passes. Right. Joe Mixon is extremely valuable in the passing game. And so you have some of these other guys that they might not be as efficient of runners, but they're putting up totals in other areas of their game that are significant. You know, Najee Harris is going to catch some passes, but, uh, you know, but he's not going to, you know, I think he's going to be a 40 to 50 catch guy, but like, he's not going to be somebody that is, he's not Austin Eckler. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he he's not, what i think jameer gibbs is going to be he's not even what joe mixon is going to be uh you know on his pass catching upside so i have Najee harris at 930 yards and six touchdowns so that puts him under in both i'm probably not betting the under on yardage just because that's too it's within the the margins that we've talked about on these shows before but uh i i don't think i can be convinced to bet this over i really don't i i would need to be guaranteed like 280 plus like i have him at 241 carries like I would need to probably you would need to guarantee me like 270 for me to feel like I could even 270 plus for me to feel like I could take the over on either one of these and I don't think it's gonna happen the next running back up is a running back that's I'm gonna have to talk bad about my own guy here but it's hurt though but it's Brees Hall oh and I'm sorry I I looked over a name sorry we'll talk about him in a second sorry well oh he's also hurt the next two guys are hurt
1: Well, he's kind of hurt but Brees Hall 875 and a half on the rushing yards 6.5 6.5 on the touchdowns. Now, I'll, I'll tell you that in 80 attempts last year, he had 463 yards and four touchdowns. I will give you that context. I think you can take that context, open the nearest window near you, and throw that context out the window. He's coming off of a major Literally. knee injury. I, like, the knee injury that J.K. Dobbins suffered. And I will ask everybody, how did J.K. Dobbins recover from that injury? It's the same concern we have with Javante Williams coming back this season. This is not just one ligament in a knee. This is multiple parts of a knee being torn and needing to be replaced. And they can talk up and they can gas up, Brees Hall, and talk about how he's running super fast. GPS tracking's got him at 25 plus miles per hour in in you know in OTAs and off season workouts. And he's on he's on track to to get together for Week One. I, I'm sorry, I've been down this road too many times before with this type of injury that I'm going to pump the brakes and caution against betting on Brees Hall. Could he beat these numbers? Absolutely. If he's healthy, these are definitely overs. We've talked about not betting against unders because of injury and not rooting for injury. We've talked about that on this show before, Jamie. You specifically have mentioned that. This is a stay away from me because I don't know what to do with Brees Hall in 2023, and I'm going to wait. Because, again, it's not like we're, we're entering a year with Brees Hall where he's a five-year NFL vet and I've got a good track record oh, to yeah. go we off We know of.
0: exactly what he's about. We know what this yeah, no, is. Can
1: I share I, the I, t- I don't know what Brees Hall is. He had a great seven game stretch for the New York Jets. A running back. I don't know if that's if that's sustainable. This offense is going to be different this year. Also, it's yes. not going to look what you it what looked like last one. year. Yeah. So
0: I, I'm out. I'm, I'm you know what? To quote you, not my problem. Not going to yep. be my
1: problem in 2023.
0: Yeah, and I, I'm with you on this one. I I have I have been burned in the past with injury optimism around guys that are hurt going into the season. And I don't care what the Jets are saying right now. We're in July. Don't care. I don't think he's going to play week one. And if he does, super. But I don't think he's going to play week one. And he's not going to get a full work- workload for the early part of the season. Um, I have his projections because I-, I had to do his projections. And I i, I mean, I had to. I would have been. Uh, I have him missing five games. So I have him at 12-game projection here. Uh, I still in those 12 games I have them going under on this total. I have them at 743 yards. Uh, and I have him at seven and a half touchdowns. So but I don't know. Uh, I I am not I am not willing to bet on injury optimism well, here because I have I, been burned way too much about this. And let's
1: let me see if I can if I can say this in the correct way where Jets fans are not going to absolutely obliterate me.
0: Oh, it's no, no chance. If
1: everybody is healthy, Brees Hall is the best running back in the Jets running back room. Okay, let me make that very clear before I'm about to say what i Sky I'm is also say. blue. The New York Jets aren't devoid of talent behind Brees Hall at the running back position. And so they could implement a strategy where they slowly bring Brees along. That's going to hurt these numbers a little bit. They've got Michael Carter. They drafted Israel Abandicanda. They've got Zonovan Knight, who I will continue to pound the table for, was their best running back after Brees Hall got hurt last year. Like, they've got guys who are capable of carrying the workload. Michael Carter didn't have a great year last year in his sophomore season, but his rookie season was very good. Zonovan Knight was the best running back. Izzy Bandikanda was one of the top running back prospects in the 2023 draft class. So we're not talking about scrubs here behind Brees Hall. And so he might, Jamie, let's say he plays 15 games. He might not get the workload he was getting in,
0: in last season, and that's a concern too. And, well, that might be by design as well. Like, we have to consider what workload they're willing to put on his knee. In, in his the first year, year back. back right. Particularly if they're going to look at him as a long-ish. I mean, I don't think anybody looks at running backs as long-term pieces anymore. But I think you look at him in five-year windows, right? Three to five-year. Well, if they're a rookie, you look at him in a five-year window. Mm-hmm. So, I, I would uh, – and by the way, you got Aaron Rodgers now. Uh, what? What? Like Aaron Rodgers? I, quarterback heard, from- Chris. I, I, haven't, I haven't heard, heard. this. It's really flown under the radar. Nobody's I know what what about.
1: is. I should do a show about most under the radar move and talk about that one number one.
0: Uh, but you're not going to have to run the ball 30 times a game. So like there's there's a lot of elements here, and I am I got a chance to meet Brees Hall briefly uh, during Super Bowl weeks. Humble brag, humble brag. Really nice guy. Um, good at pop a shot. By the way, okay. I don't know. Why, I don't know if that helps us. I, I don't know. That's bad, sure. at all. But I I. I Wish him all the best, and I hope he recovers, and I hope he doesn't come back too soon. I mean, we saw what happened with J.K. Dobbins, and some of that's not his fault. I think some stuff. You know, sometimes things just go wrong. Um, but I would not feel comfortable betting on this. I, I also think. Capacity.
1: I also think it's very important here. This is not a hedge. I just want to present the other side of the argument, because okay. I mentioned J.K. Dobbins as a warning sign for Brees Hall. Brees Hall could also come back from this injury and be the same Brees Hall he was in 2022. Not everybody is created the same. And it's I think
0: statistically unlikely. No, that's no, no, not saying he can't be that again. It's statistically more likely he can come back and be the same Brees Hall next year. I, yeah, the not point I won't play this year, but like his per carry numbers and, and you know, the point I'm making is yeah. everybody is different when it comes
1: to recovering from a knee injury. People can't recover from a knee injury the way Adrian Peterson. did. Okay. Like it doesn't Adrian well, look- Peter Peterson's a freak, right? So I'm just, I, I'm no just, one did it
0: before him or after.
1: I, and that's the point I'm making is that there. There are always exceptions to the rule, and Brees could could be that exception. I'm just not willing to bet on are you it for 2020. Bet on that for it? Are you I am betting not on an anomaly. I am okay. not. I am not. Uh, Isaiah Pacheco. You know, guys that are hurt. <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, the next player uh, uh,
0: up for us to discuss. Man, I really wanted to bet on. I, I there was something I loved here, but I'm I'm being a little cautious now with all these reports that like the target for him to get back on the field is quote the middle of training camp. Yeah. Whatever you designate as the middle.
1: Yeah, what do you want to define as the middle here?
0: Like, the middle of
1: training camp is technically like preseason games. From Nate Taylor of The Athletic, he said, return midway through camp. For those who don't know, a torn labrum and a broken bone in his hand. Now, he played through both of those injuries, but he had surgery. Yeah. I don't know, man. I look at these numbers, Jamie, and I see a guy that had a 4.9 yards per attempt in his rookie season. Mm-hmm. He had 830 yards on 170 carries and five touchdowns. Now, the four fumbles is something that would concern me a little bit. Um, yeah. That's a concern. That's a warning sign that if if he does continue to fumble at that kind of clip, they might take him off the field. Um, but I don't know. He had a decent rookie season. We know they're going to want to at least have some semblance of a balance to their to their offense.
0: Yeah. and So I have taken – I was going to run – Oh, it's it's now just a brisk jog. Yeah, now I'm just going to slowly meander my way. <laughs> you're gonna to, you're gonna to, meander over to the vetting window. Um, you're just going to kind of um, slowly. So his, his right now, I, I, I can't remember. You you might have read this. I don't remember. I wasn't okay. listening to you talk. Sure. Uh, it was 775 and a half on the yards, and then six and a half touchdowns. I didn't read them. It, we got it, so in. We right. got so into the into the injury that I forgot to read that. Thank you. So I have him at six point two touchdowns. So that's within the margin, not touching that. But I think he can flirt with a thousand yards if he's healthy. Uh, I, I have him at a, at ever so slightly over a thousand. How many attempts do recently. you have for him this year? Uh, Two ten. Okay, so that would be forty more attempts than he got last year. Yeah, if we take your projections as a as a so, prediction, because and and again, I'm a little worried about him getting on the field in time. But I think this is one that's a little bit different because it's not a leg injury. Uh, and, and I think it's a little different in, in that sense versus like coming off an ACL, where when he gets back on the field, there's no reason to believe the ailments he's currently suffering will have any impact on his ability to run the football. Correct? So yeah, I why don't you? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna quiz you, Chris. Mm-hmm. Can you name? Oh, because probably, obviously, Jared McKinnon not. exists, but can you name the other backup running backs besides Jared McKinnon? No, I Roger. can't. I'm, I'm not gonna... not going to get a lot of carries. I'm not so going like... to sit here and try to pretend like
1: I, I can. You're going to tell me the name and be like, "Oh yeah, he's there," but like I'm not going to sit well, here. Well,
0: I, I mean, there's there's an obvious name if as if he's not traded and it's Clyde Edwards O'Leary. But like, sure, I,
1: I fully expect Clyde Edwards O'Leary to not be on the
0: Kansas City Chiefs by the start of the 2023 season. Also, like, who cares? Uh, Deneric Prince, I would have not free gotten agent. That. Udfa, okay. And old friend of yours, old friend
1: of mine, LaMichael P. Ryan. Oh, shout out to LaMichael P. Ryan. I hope he finds okay. a role there. Oh, do any of God. those
0: players feel like they're going to take carries
1: away from Isaiah Pacheco after what he did in his rookie season? No, absolutely not. He's
0: going to get work, but not as much, in the, not as much carry wise. So I think if Pacheco is healthy, he's going to, st- and it's, it's Kansas city. So we all know this, that things can get weird in the backfield. Cause Andy Reid can, can do what he wants to do there. But I think that for this year, I feel confident that Pacheco is going to get plenty of work as a pure running back with McKinnon being worked in heavily in pass catching and obvious and third down, Two-minute drill situations. Essentially, what they did late last year, that was very effective for them. So effective they won the Super Bowl. True. I uh, checked notes. Kansas City Chiefs um, Super Bowl champions. So I, I think 775 and a half is a, is a little low. Uh, I, I just given what he's gonna the amount of work I expect Pacheco to get. Uh this is probably outside of Derrick Henry, which was a sprint to the podium. A sprint instead stiff arm somebody. Uh, On the way there. This is my second favorite bet that we've talked about on the show so far today. Uh, That I I really like Pacheco over 775 and a half yards. And in that hypothetical draft that we're doing that this might be one you and I fight over.
1: It's not a hypothetical. We're we're actually going to do it at some point. Just not right now. The future. It it is a future show. Yeah. Uh, Jamie, before we talk about this next player, do you want to give listeners of the show the TLDR, the too long didn't read on, 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 on our long going Deandre Swift. Oh God. No. Conversation.
0: Because I I feel like we've like switched parties on this at different points. Like we're on a whole different sides. Now, like now I'm anti DeAndre Swift this year, and I don't know how this this we've come full circle.
1: Right. I mean, I have been long entrenched into the anti DeAndre Swift camp, right? Like I have long kind of carved out that role. And I feel like my take has aged really well there. Like I feel like the take aged well in that regard.
0: You take aged well, but it wasn't correct the year you put it out there. Which is weird. I was I was a year off on a lot of things. That yeah, was a year yeah. where I
1: had a couple of takes where I was a year off on things things happening. Um, so DeAndre Swift, his numbers now in
0: Philadelphia now. And, his... and Chris, oh sorry, L- let's do these next two together. It's Swift and Penny. Okay, we we can we can do that. I, let me set the let me, is...
1: f- let me set the table here. Okay. DeAndre sorry. Swift, five hundred and eighty and a half on the yardage, five and a half on the touchdowns. Rashad Penny. 600 and a half on the yards, no touchdowns for, for Rashad Penny, as in they don't have a number on the board for him. It's oh, over under zero. zero. No, His, no that, that, there's no fine. over under for zero. Um, listen, Jamie, I'll give you the historical context on Andre Swift, 542 uh, yards last year, 617 in 2021, 521 in 2020, eight, five and five uh, on the touchdowns. He's only hit this touchdown number once and he's only
0: hit the yardage number once. I am unbelievably mad that these, that these lines aren't higher. Because obviously I'm taking the under on both. But I wish the books were betting into DeAndre Swift as much as the fantasy football community is. Then, because then we could really
1: hammer the under and prosper. I, I, I would be
0: doing cartwheels. Not sprinting. We would be doing no, cartwheels. I don't even know party. how to do a cartwheel. I would right. learn how to do a cartwheel. Just, just so we get, could do it. Just to get to the window for this one. Um I have DeAndre Swift at 370 rushing yards and four touchdowns, which is still below these low numbers. I think there's, and and we talked about this during the running back show, but I think there's, there's a overwhelming assumption right now in the fantasy community. And I think in somewhat in the football community that DeAndre Swift's Swift is going to come in and be the lead back in Philadelphia. Uh, I don't believe that to be the case. I believe as long as Rashad Penny is healthy, which again could be five minutes, 15 games, 10 games or an hour and a half. I don't know. uh, He is going to be the lead back there. And he is the more traditional, First two, uh first two down, early down back, where then you can work in DeAndre Swift on passing downs, you can work in Kenny Gainwell, who is still there as well. I just don't think there's going to be a clear guy in the backfield. And if I think there's going to be a clear guy on early downs, it's going to be the player that is more traditionally built for that role and has had more success in that role. And that's Rashad Penny. So from a rushing perspective, I am taking the under on almost every DeAndre Swift. He is probably on my do not draft list for fantasy football. Uh, he made my all avoid on, on ADP. Uh, you've just you've I'm completely out. come to the Chris Schubert side of the argument. It's insane completely that we've got which here. Will, which will mean he's going to break out. This right, year, this is the that year I mean, that he like, goes off. That's how it works. But the Eagles don't use their running backs and their pass catching running backs to the same volume or the same degree as Detroit did. You know that the, you
1: know you're going to have the two Boston Scott games where he's just going to go off and play really well, Two well. games against the Giants. And two yeah. games against the Giants. Right. So and so those two games are out. And Rashad Penny I, to, I mention, just, to mention the health question there. These are his games played over his career. 14 in his rookie season, then 10, 3,
0: 10, and 5. It's
1: tough. You can't buy him. I mean, look,
0: that's why, and that's why his yards are so low. It's 600 and a half. I oh, he's, going he's
1: only done that once, 749, which he did
0: in 2021 in 10 games. I might I might bet on this. Because put it this way, my projections have Rashad Penny getting 831 yards in 10 games. That's not really far off from his the 10 game 749 uh clip so, that he got in 2021. True. And he's on a behind a better offensive line. Oh, he's um, behind the best offensive line in all of football. <laughs> that's, that's why. Um, every fiber of my being from the time that Penny got drafted, tells me not to bet on Rashad. Penny. But like, if he gets hot, he can do this in five games. hundred percent. And I don't think that's a crazy state. So I might take the over on the 600 and a half yards because, again, I haven't projected to go 231 yards over this in 10 games played, missing seven games. He can miss half the season and and get this. I think it's very possible. Jamie, we've got one more player to discuss here on the show. Yes, and and one we've talked about a little bit before, which is why he's last here, because we've talked about running backs and and rookies and stuff, but we, we need now we have some concrete numbers to break down.
1: B. John Robinson of the Atlanta Falcons, 1100 and a half on the yardage, eight and a half on the touchdowns, Jamie. Yeah, we're doing
0: cartwheels, baby. Really? I'm doing cartwheels. This is a stay away from me. Really? You don't think you can get to 1100 yards? No, I think this number is really strong. I am at 1162 and nine and a half. I, I touchdowns for running backs. I'm staying
1: away from because you always have like the Jamal Williamses of the world who are just going to take touchdowns yeah. in the red zone. That, that scares the crap out of me,
0: right? Uh, other yeah. than Derrick Henry, because again, I don't think anyone else in Tennessee is going to be able to score touchdowns. Sure, and, and his number is like th- we're, we're we're caking in like three or four, we're, we're. I mean, I guess for me on Derrick Henry, I'm caking in almost four above the total, which is enough wiggle room to make me go right. oh, okay. You know, I don't oh, know. I mean, I think I, he gets 1100, but I just, I don't think he, I'm, I'm not. I mean, I, I have met 1161 on 242 carries. I, I just think,
1: again, I have I have been the one who has raised the hand and say, don't forget about Tyler Elgier, right? I've been that guy. Yes. I, I said, don't forget about the, the guy who was the best running back in the Atlanta Falcons running back room last year. I just, Jamie, I do get the sense. I do get the feeling that if Bijan gets off to a hot start, they're going to ride the hot hand, and he might get a little bit more of the workload than we think. Like, I, we have cautioned against this idea that it's going yeah. to be like a 80-20 split between Bijan and the rest of the running backs in that room, right? We have said, man, it's going to be more towards 60-40. Yep. But I will tell you, Jamie, if he gets hot, could it be closer to 70-30? Could it be 65-35? And if he gets that little extra, that might be enough. That might be enough juice to potentially take us over. So I, I like this one. I would take the over um, pretty strongly. Okay. I don't have to worry about you taking it in our draft, then. I'll save that for one of my last picks.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I'm not. I just think this is a sharp line. Like, it, it's not like one where I could disagree with you, where it's just like, oh, no, I'm completely on the opposite side. I had 1,500 yards
1: rushing in Texas last year. You're not going to factor that historical context into your. No,
0: I'm, I'm not. Okay. I'm not. All right. He's, 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 not a, he's, not, he's not in the Big 12 anymore. Let's
1: think. Are the, the defenses in the Big Twelve better than the defenses in the NFC South this year? He gets to play the Bucks. No, twice. just
0: because like the Big Twelve defenses are also horrible. But the Bucks defense is probably going to be pretty similar to some bad or... defenses. But no, I, I can't. I can't do that to them. That's going to do it. We'll SEC is a different conversation, but Big Twelve, no, that's no, no, no. true. We can't that's do true. that. Uh, that's it. We've got eight running
1: backs in the books. We've got uh, seven to discuss on our next episode yep. of the show. We've got four of these that we are going to do, three more after this one. So we've got a bunch of names for us to discuss here. And this is where you can you can get ahead. You can get some decent odds. You can get some decent numbers. That's why you listen to these shows. You can hear our thoughts and you can, you can take our advice and do what you want with mm-hmm. it. Make decisions. You want to fade us. You want to go with us. Whatever you want to do. But we present the information and give you our thoughts on it. So we've got three more of these ready to go. Jamie, you had two in the hopper. I figured you were going to use one here.
0: Yeah. You, have you ever, have you seen the, um, there's like a, bet against or uh jim kramer etf are you aware of this? oh
1: i'm 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 fully aware of this because jim okay. kramer it, who i enjoy his content and i love his show mad money and i would love to do a show like that at some point because i just think it's fun for the sports betting world to yeah. do something like that um he is the worst like he makes a prediction and like
0: it's like instantaneously it, the reverse happens so uh one day i'll tell a show because I, I actually worked with him for a few months uh, kind of, so I'll, I'll, I'll break that down. I, I don't even He's know the story because, cause he started a fantasy football, um, endeavor at one point. So we'll, we'll get to that at some point, but, um, I, I would like, I would, if somebody out there wants to do like an anti prospects and props ETF on our favorite wagers, that would be really fun. So if a listener out there does want to do that, the track, how so bad, bad we are capacity. Yeah. Uh, on the ones that we say that we love and, and bet the opposite way, we kind of love to see how that would work, but that was all I just wanted to, uh, I'm going to jump in there. I just thought about that. I'll well, my head. we've
1: got three more shows of props that we might love or hate. And so the the a, the anti-prospects and props ETF can grow uh, potentially over the next three episodes. In the meantime, please rate, review, subscribe to the podcast. Share the show. Helps us out a ton. We greatly do appreciate it. You've got the video version of the show over on YouTube, the Draft Network YouTube channel. Uh, give the video a thumbs up, comment, subscribe, turn on the not- notification bell so you know when we go live with, with shows, uh, when new episodes drop, all that stuff because uh, we've got a lot of great content coming here over the next couple of weeks ahead of the start of the 2023 NFL and college season. That's going to do it for us here on this edition of the show. Hope everybody has a great rest of their day. We'll talk to you all tomorrow.
0: Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.